The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. A leper came to Jesus, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I want to begin by reading a, a short story to you by Anthony DeMello, because I think it captures so well the difference between religion and living faith. It goes like this. When the bishop's ship stopped at a remote island for a day, he determined to use the time as profitably as possible. He strolled along the seashore and came across three fishermen mending their nets. In pidgin English, they explained to, explained to him that centuries before they had been Christianized by missionaries. We Christians, they said, proudly pointing to themselves. The bishop was impressed. Did they know the Lord's Prayer? They had never heard of it. The bishop was shocked. How could these men claim to be Christians when they did not know something as elementary as the Lord's Prayer? What do you say then when you pray, the bishop asked. We lift eyes to heaven. We pray. We are three. You are three. Have mercy on us. The bishop was appalled. The primitive prayer, the primitive nature of it, he could not believe. So he spent the whole day teaching them to say the Lord's Prayer. The fishermen were poor learners, but they gave it all they had. And before the bishop sailed away the next day, he had the satisfaction of hearing them go through that formulary we call the Lord's Prayer. Months later, the bishop's ship happened to pass by those islands, and the bishop, as he paced the deck, saying his evening prayers, recalled the pleasure, with pleasure the fact of the time he had spent on that distant island with those fishermen and having taught them how to pray correctly. When he was lost in thought, he happened to look up and notice a spot of light off in the distance. The light kept approaching the ship. And as the bishop gazed in wonder, he saw three figures walking on the surface of the water towards the boat. The captain stopped the boat and all the sailors leaned over the rail to see this amazing sight. When they were within a speaking distance, the bishop recognized his three friends, the fishermen. Bishop, they exclaimed, we so glad meet you. We hear your boat go past island and come hurry, hurry, meet you. 
What is it you want? Asked the bishop. Bishop, they said, we forgot lovely prayer. We say, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. And then we forget. Please tell us whole prayer again. The bishop felt humbled. Go back to your homes, my good men, he said. And each time you pray, say, we are three. You are three. Have mercy on us. What the bishop recognized in those three fishermen was living faith. And perhaps what he recognized in himself was religion. We, I think, live in a world that is filled with religion. There are all kinds of religions. And I think that we in the church sometimes confuse the difference between religion and living faith. But what we see, I think, over and over in the Gospels is Jesus challenging religion and inviting people to become active with a living faith, worshiping a living God. Today's gospel, I think, is a beautiful illustration of this. A leper approaches Jesus, kneels before him, and begs that Jesus will heal him. He says, if you choose, you can make me clean. And Jesus was so moved with pity that he stretched out his hand and he touched the man. And then he said, I do choose. Be made clean. And immediately the leper is cleansed of his leprosy. Now, to us, this sounds like another miracle story. But to those who heard it or those who may have seen it in the first century, this was truly extraordinary, going beyond anything that a simple healing might mean. Because, you see, lepers were castaways. They were people who were cast out. They could not live with the rest of the people in the culture because they were unclean. And it was believed then that they were uh, they were unclean because and they had leprosy because they had sinned. And so unless they went into remission or had some healing, they were always on the outside. They had to wear tattered clothes. They were told that they should not uh, cut their hair and had to let it grow and not comb it. And whenever they came upon a person who was without leprosy and assumed to be clean, they were to cover their mouths and yell, unclean, unclean. So the person would stay away. But what's so amazing about this story are two things, really. The leper himself decides that he is going to approach Jesus. And he doesn't yell out, unclean, unclean. But rather, he approaches him and begs him to, to heal him. And to make him clean. But then the most amazing thing happens. Jesus touches the leper. And in doing so, according to the law of Leviticus, Jesus now is unclean himself. Now, from our perspective on this side of the cross, I think it is clear to us and we can see very clearly that Jesus, in effect, has taken on that man's uncleanness in order that that man might be clean. He has borne that man's sin. And Jesus tells him to go and present himself at the temple to the priest and to obey the laws of Moses about how he should respond to having been healed and made clean. And as an aside, I was 
listening to one of my favorite uh, group of commentators from Luther Seminary in Minneapolis, or maybe St. Paul, but who cares? <laughs> they do. <laughs> and, and it was, a, they always, they have a wonderful exchange every week talking about the lessons that are coming up on the, on the coming Sunday. And this one New Testament uh, professor talked about uh, how or it was either New Testament or Old Testament, but he was talking about how he had uh, had cancer as a child and eventually lost both of his legs. And he said, the psalm for today is the psalm that I love and I often weep over when I read it. Because he said that psalm speaks to my being healed, my being made whole by God and the joy that comes from that. And he said, I believe that that is the psalm that was read when the lepers came to the temple and declared to the priests that they had been healed and made clean and the priest affirmed it. So when you get a chance, look at that psalm again and think about it in terms of perhaps your own healing, perhaps your own need for healing and wholeness. I think that all of this reminds us that religion tends to distinguish between those who are on the inside and those who are on the outside. But living faith is always about reconciling. It's always about knocking down the boundaries and inviting all to come into a relationship with the living God. If we are preoccupied with who is clean and who is unclean, we have missed the point that Jesus is trying to make over and over again in the Gospels. Jesus invites you and me into a living, loving relationship with the living God. And it's a relationship where we see that we all are sinners. We all, in a sense, are unclean and need the touch of the master to take on our uncleanness and to forgive our sins and to reconcile us to God. And so we cry out, touch me, Lord, and I shall be clean. And he does. And we are. That's the faith of the three fishermen who could only pray that strange little prayer, but they prayed it faithfully. We are three. You are three. Have mercy on us. Amen.